This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The decisions we make as coaches are decisions we have to make. They're tough decisions, no different than they are at who plays corner and who plays tackle. And there's a lot of really good competitions out there going on. Um, and ultimately, we feel like Stetson gives us the best chance to win right now. That is Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett, the QB of the Georgia Bulldogs. Are you a little surprised at this point? Stetson Bennett still is the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs. He's had moments. He's played okay. Obviously, had a couple of rough plays in the Alabama game. They didn't have too much success last week. But they have Carson Beck's a freshman. I'm not saying he should play. He's from Jacksonville, but I'm not saying he should play. Uh, but JT Daniels is now healthy. Yeah. I'm a little surprised, I guess, that JT Daniels hasn't assumed that role. He was kind of, I feel like, the coveted transaction of the whole thing, right? Like we talked about yeah. how when JT Daniels was going over, it was like, how did Kirby Smart try to coax him out from the West Coast um, to Georgia? You know, so I just figured JT Daniels would be the guy. Now, to be fair, Georgia's doing pretty well with what they have right now at quarterback. Don't get me wrong. You know, they only have one loss. So I think it comes from the philosophy a little bit. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But I just feel like, once again, we talk about the boober bust type of thing. I, I don't think it's even a bust, really, for JT Downs. I think only JT Downs gives you n- n- nothing but higher ceiling, I would feel like. Well, I, I, I just expected more out of Daniels. Maybe just because it's a big name. But I just thought a bigger name and that we knew of him and that the situation that he came in and he expected, even though it's coming off the ACL, maybe there's something about mobility there. You know, maybe even though he's been cleared, he's still going to look the part, whatever it might be. That's a huge game, though. I mean, Georgia has to win this game. So could we see him? And I think that's an interesting part of it. But if you're wavering at all in the QB spot going into this game, you might be in trouble. Uh, So I, I think that is the key to this game. I said it yesterday. Georgia, to me, the over-under is 24-and-a-half. 24-and-a-half in this game. If the Gators score over 24-and-a-half, meaning they probably score like 27, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think Georgia wins. Hmm. I don't think they do. They are. I don't see them winning a 35-32 game. Hmm. And I understand Florida's a defense. I, yeah, they did well against Missouri, but the first three games were really bad. Um, I still, I'm not ready to say, oh, well, here's the Florida defense now. Yeah. I mean, they've played a four games and three of them they've been awful, right? So one of them they've been good. I don't know what that says about a trend, but I still have to see more. Well, but this you, offense isn't super dynamic for Georgia, so it's like it's yeah. a favorable matchup for the defense of Florida. I mean, they, they put up 44 points though against Tennessee. Now, what does that mean? I mean, is Tennessee's a little rated? That's up to you. But I, I was being told that Tennessee's defense is kind of the real deal this year, and you saw Georgia put up points against them. I do think it, when Georgia puts up points and they're capable of doing it, it's because their defense kind of put them in spots to do so. Okay, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they created good turnovers, they gave them plus field position, those kind of things, and they ride the momentum. Remember that was a close game in the first half against mm-hmm. Tennessee and then bam they blitzed them in the second half so I think that's something to like if I'm Jordan keep an eye on where this game is in the first half mm-hmm. because they've been a bit of a slow starter or at least a moderate starter and the second half have been pretty good uh for outside of Alabama yeah. Alabama obviously is a huge exception here they 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 didn't do anything in the second half and Alabama crushed them in the second half mm-hmm. but I think if you look at their other games so you get you know it just depends what you want to look at I mean you can look at a bunch of different things 
I still believe this is about strength versus strength. And the strength of the Gators is their offense. Strength of the Georgia Bulldogs, their defense. Mm -hmm. So how many points will the offense score against the good Georgia defense, even though now they're missing some bodies, including Richard LeCount, and that's a big loss. So I think there's so much momentum here for Florida. They've got kind of the hype of... Saturday, the adrenaline of Saturday. Yeah. Everybody in, in Gainesville, everybody that waves the Gator flag, media, fans, people on campus, all like, let's wrap our arms around Dan Mullen. He's the greatest. We love our guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got a little bit of that going on. And so that's favorable, I think, in, in the Gators' way. I also feel like there's more desperation to win right now for Florida. There's more urgency to win. They've already got the loss as well, but they lost to Texas A&M. There's absolutely no wiggle room. And they've lost this game the last couple of years, even though Mullen's been building the program up with a lot of victories and top 10 rankings. Yeah. So I feel like this is like it's time. It's go time. It's go time for the Gators. I don't know if I sense that with Georgia. Georgia has a but has a couple excuses. They just got one of their best players got hurt over the weekend. They got some other guys injured. Mm-hmm. They're playing a quarterback that come on. Let's be honest. It's a great story, mm-hmm. but he's just an OK player. And so. There's a lot of things I believe that that actually made this game. I'm surprised there that Georgia's a three and a half point favorite. So to me, right now, you have two teams that are actually coming off of let's just call it confidence boosting moments. Now, if you go back to the Georgia Kentucky game, I watched a lot of that game, and you see the score, fourteen to three. It's like, well, you, you should have blown out Kentucky. Now, to be fair, we've had Josh Allen on the show talking about it. K- Kentucky's defense. Pretty dang solid. Pretty good. Okay? They they can do the dang thing. But what I take out of that Georgia-Kentucky game was the ability for Georgia to run the football. Because I think that's how they win this game. I think if they can run the football, control the clock, and, you know, stop Florida here here or there um, in terms of some the offensive juggernaut, Georgia has a better chance of winning. Now, the entire year, like, the rushing has been okay, right? We put up 215 yards against Kentucky. Now you have something there. So, to me, they, they found confidence in their run game. You're not going to go out and go toe-to-toe with the Florida Gators in terms of passing and putting up offensive explosiveness. It's just not going to happen. I don't care how many points you scored against Tennessee. just not going to happen. So, I think they found something with the running game. They got to like that. And then, obviously, Florida, we're talking about their momentum. Well, that whole halftime ordeal with Dan Mullen leading the way, right? And some players getting suspended for a half, the altercation there at midfield, like that can add a little momentum as well. So to me, you have two teams right now coming into the uh, you know TIAA Bank Field on Saturday with some momentum going. Now the question is, which team can harness the momentum the best? We'll see. I have another question on this front because we're talking about strengths. Right? I, I do Listen, Kirby Smart's always going to have his defense ready to go, in my opinion. I always say that about those kind of teams. And they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball, even though I, know, I now know there's some banged up. And, and, and I think there's some concern there from Georgia fans. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's bring Weber in here a little bit. Mm. This offense Hello. right now for the Gators is dynamic and tremendous. Trask is setting records in the SEC. Mullen's got it working. And listen, I say this about Mullen because I think this is about a lot of coaches. They have big egos. Mullen ain't sleeping this week. This game is about Dan Mullen. And he knows it because that's the way these guys believe in themselves. And I think 
I make fun of that because I believe the egos are crazy and out of control in big-time college football and basketball. But that's the way this guy is. He loves himself some Dan Mullen, and he thinks he's the greatest on earth when it comes to calling plays. And by the way, he's pretty dang good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's pretty dang good. So are they a better offense than Alabama? Hmm. That's a good question. They don't have a Najee Harris. And, you know, Najee Harris is just a fantastic running back and I think really opens things up for Mac Jones in that passing game. Ooh. Eh, I'd I'd probably say Alabama's offense is a little bit better. I think it's close, though. You know, go close. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you just brought up a good point, though. You, You wonder at times about the offensive line. Like, Florida's offensive line got beat up in that game early on. Yeah. You're right. They didn't. Missouri was doing a number on them early in, in the first half, I felt like, uh, before the game opened up a bit. And I think you're right about the running back. They have some backs at Florida, but they don't have that bell cow guy. Right. And, right. And here's the thing, too, is that teams have been figuring out how to handle Kyle Pitts a little bit better over the past few games. He's not he's not, you know, scoring a touchdown on every quarter like he did for literally the first six quarters of the season. He did. He scored one touchdown per quarter. So, uh, you know, folks are, are maybe figuring out now at the detriment of what? You know, if you got to put two guys on Kyle Pitts, it's certainly going to open guys up on other sides of the field. Uh, but, yeah, if I had to take one offense out of the two, it, it'd be a toss-up. Yeah. Here's but, a, here's a um, story, here's the uh, stats, okay? Yeah, get some stats. Uh, six games for like the Crimson numbers. Tide, 555 yards per game. Uh, the Gators are at 476 yards per game because they played two less games, too. All right, so points per game. Alabama's at 47.2, uh, 42 for Florida. So, uh, listen, you can get in the weeds on this stuff, but Alabama's running the ball for a buck seventy-five a game, Florida 133. So there's the difference. I mean, they, they've got the back, and they've got a little more ground and pound when they need it. I, I think Alabama's a tick above, but not by much. I mean, Trask and Mac, Mac Jones appear to be a pretty sim. How do you knock either guy, right? I mean, I actually believe Mac Jones, a bowl school guy who's been unbelievable, and so I, I don't I don't like to be too critical of him, but the critique I can give him over the last two years is he ain't afraid to throw a pick six now and again. Like, I think he's got a few of them, three or maybe even four of them. Mm-hmm. He also is tremendous at bouncing back from that, which I always give him a nod for. He's thrown the deep ball tremendously well. Trask has great understanding of what Mullen's trying to do. They are on the same page. I think the who's, a, who's the better weapon? Smith for Alabama, Pitts for Florida. On that one, I'm probably leaning more towards Kyle Pitts. Because um, Smith's been incredible. He has. He really has. Uh, like, like he, Even I, with Waddle out now, he went and had a 200-yard game again. Say, right? Mac Jones had some great comment. I can't recall it right now. But just essentially being like, you know, it's a cheat code. You know, you just you hit a button and he's going to catch a touchdown. It's just that easy to have that in your back pocket. But I feel like with Kyle Pitts, that that's changing games. You know, the the way teams are having to address him. I feel like that is changing game plans and it's changing the way they're able to attack those opposing defenses. And you mentioned, you know, Mac Jones and and Kyle Trask kind of in the same sentence. I think what's really cool about both of those guys is that backstory. You know, the backstory to both of these guys as as, you know, they weren't guaranteed anything. They weren't guaranteed a starting spot. They both had to come in and earn every single second that they've gotten on the field and they did it by perseverance and patience. And 
that's something that doesn't happen all that often in our world today is patience and perseverance. But bo- both of those guys have put in the time, uh, not only on the field, but you know, you gain something by all those extra meetings, all that extra time instead of, uh, I'm going to transfer. Let me go learn this other new system and then jump right into there. So I, I certainly think that has aided both of those guys. Who's harder to defend? Both of them are extremely talented. Pitts or Smith? An outside receiver is extremely talented or Pitts? It's Pitts, just because, like uh, Stuart was saying, I mean, he, he's the matchup nightmare, right? You put a safety on him, you put a linebacker on him, you have to double team him. Um, to me, it's Pitts. And to get back to the question of, like, which offense do I think should be feared more right now in college football, to me, and with all due respect to Florida, it's, it's a fantastic offense. But Alabama won't give me nightmares about a defensive coordinator just because Alabama can beat you in the run game or the pass game. Like, that means something. Because let's be honest here. During the season, the pass game, for whatever reason, it, it could falter. Right? It could go to the wayside a little bit, and you have to rely on your run game. I'm not sure if Florida can do that right now. I think you go back to the Texas A&M game a little bit where they got beat. I think if Florida ran the football a little better, they could have controlled the clock a little more and you know stopped well, Texas A&M. At the end, exactly. Helped a lot helped. I'm just, but I'm just saying, I mean, you don't run for over 100 yards, you're not going to win a lot of ball games. They didn't do that against Texas A&M. I think with Alabama, they have the ability to either make it a slow-paced game or a fast-paced game. It's really whatever they feel like. I mean, they're, they're that good. So I'd take Alabama all day over Florida's offense. Yeah, it, you know, here's the other thing. You got Steve Sarkeesian, right, uh, at, at Alabama, but Mullen is really good. I mean, mm-hmm. he's really good. You know, I'm hard on Mullen sometimes, especially the last month, but there's no denying the guy is fantastic at calling games and calling plays, and he's been terrific at bringing Trask along. And so it's it's a great dynamic right now because Mac Jones seems like he's living through Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian living through Mac Jones. Same going on in Gainesville. I mean, mm-hmm. you got guys on the same page, man. They are clicking and no doubt about even with a two-week layoff it took a little bit of time for florida to get going but bam they got going again so i think that dynamic is pretty equal go ahead Weber. before i twist this into back to the georgia florida game i'll twist it for you too uh how many teams can say they have two reliable kickers i want to see some two kicker sets and you know take advantage of both evan mcpherson who should be back by then hopefully maybe or Chris Howard, the Pontevedra guy. Pontevedra Pretty guy. cool to see him go well, they, out there and get they, a chance. By the way, the Bulls, it, uh, I mean, the punters from yeah. Jacksonville. Um, Paxson, I believe, or Stanton, one of the smart schools. Stanton, I think. It is, yeah. yeah, one of the smart schools. Uh, Jacob Finn. Finn, yeah. Yep. How about so, that? Both both specialists, both who, at least last both week. Both who went as walk-ons, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow. Really uh, cool. Okay, so here's how. why am I talking about Alabama and Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, because Alabama lit up Georgia's defense. Mm-hmm. Alabama's second half was awesome. Now, they made some adjustments because the first half, it was kind of right where the game needed to be. Mm-hmm. It was Paxson, by the way. Uh, they, it was Paxson. I felt, thought that was thin. But uh, so that that is why I make the comp right now. First of all, it's a pretty good comp anyway. I mean, sure. if you can, Alabama's offense the last few years has been unstoppable. It's been Rare. so good. Mm-hmm. And so if Florida's on that kind of level right now, that's a great sign. Really good sign. Their defense obviously hasn't shown to be on the level of, of anyone yeah. <laughs> outside of this Missouri game. So it's a great sign for Florida. But I really am asking the question in terms of how does it look against a Georgia defense that's more beat up now than they were against Alabama. Yeah. You know, now you also add the rivalry part in this mm-hmm. and everybody's going to play at a heightened level. And maybe some of that means a pressurized level for either side of the ball. But I always give the edge a little bit in a rivalry game to the defense that I expect you to play even at a heightened level because you can get all geeked up. Sure. Right? The offense, you want to stay calm. You don't want to get too geeked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Unless you're running the football. And, and But that's not what Florida's trying to do. So 
I think that's uh, that really that's the point of the conversation is, okay, Alabama was able to beat this Kirby Smart, good Georgia defense. Georgia shut everybody else down. Florida might be darn close to the level, if not at the level, mm-hmm. of that Alabama offense. And so they are about to do the same thing. Well, and and scheme comes into this, of course, but and style, ooh, yeah. But could they do the same thing? And I think the answer to that is yes, they could. Bill, let me ask you this though: Does Florida have a running back that can put over 150 yards on Georgia? I would say no. I would say no because that's where style and scheme come into play, right? That we were just mm-hmm. talking. Because I think Najee Harris, you got to bring your lunch pail, sure, right? I don't really. Florida doesn't have that guy. Mm-hmm. You don't have that guy like you got to be you got to be ready for all the explosive stuff, but you better be ready for that Pittsburgh Baltimore kind of style too when when yeah. they need it. I don't think Florida has that. And of course, it, it's really a two pronged thing in my opinion. Alabama offensive line usually is better than most. Sure. And then you add Harris to it. Florida's offensive line is it's it's okay. And their running backs are okay, but they're not Najee Harris. And they don't run with that kind of in, you know intention. Yeah. So yeah, I would. I certainly think that's a difference. Stewart pointed out. I think you're pointing it out. That is the difference. And and we even well, had some comments on Twitter saying, yeah, they don't have the Harris back. But well, you're right. So th- does that make I'm that just, much of a difference? No, I, I'm just saying balance, man. I'm just saying if you go back to the Alabama game and you watch what they did at Georgia, it was a balanced attack. I think like Harris ran the ball like something thirty something times, and then Mac Jones had about thirty attempts passing. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's completely balanced. It's fifty fifty. I'm asking you, can Florida be fifty fifty, or they be more pass heavy? No, Probably I don't think more they can. Pass Here's the thing. I don't I don't want them to be 50-50. I want them to be 33-33-33. Pass the ball, run the ball, Tony the ball. Yeah. I don't care how Kadarius Tony gets it, <laughs> but you get him the ball in one way, shape, or form, and you let him go make plays. I mean, just you saw how much of a game-breaker he was against Mizzou. Get him his touches. It's what we've said literally the entire time that he's been in game. Yeah, he most likely didn't score on the first touchdown against Georgia. He did against Mizzou, but he shouldn't have scored on that play. That was a terrific play. But I'm just saying Missouri, Georgia's probably better than Missouri at tackling in well, those he, spots. He but, shouldn't have scored is his resume. That's true. Uh, he Listen, he's been incredible, and uh, that'll be a topic for this week. I got it on the list. Is Tony might be the best player out on the field, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, that, and by the way, that's with Pitts and Smith. Uh, maybe not the best, the most dangerous. I don't know. Put him out there with two kickers. See what happens. <laughs> the the other thing about Tony that I want to ask a little bit later in the week is, why haven't they used him more in the past? Which, by the way, that's not a new question. Florida's asked that. Or is this his development and maturation that has now got him to this point where he looks Percy Harvin-esque for Florida? He did the other night, and he has. You know, he's been really, really good. So a uh, little... Georgia, Florida talk. It's coming up on Saturday here in Jacksonville. Has a little different feel, but it's a huge game. Huge game. Both teams, one loss. SEC East runs through Jacksonville, and it happens on Saturday afternoon on CBS 47. By the way, we'll have a pregame show Friday night. We usually do it on Saturday, but there's a doubleheader on CBS, so we'll have it on Friday instead at 7 o'clock on CBS 47. Then a postgame show, all the festivities all day Saturday long, uh, Saturday night long. We will have that for you as well. We'll have more of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 when we come back. We will answer some of these NFL questions I've asked, I promise, next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? 
Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This I could just be did. Why oh, is that? I mean, that's, that's it. I that's mean, it. that's why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but. might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. First and goal from the three. Tipped and Grunt still catches it. And they're going to give him a touchdown. He had possession long enough. Brady to Gronk. Stop me if you've heard that one before. I wasn't listening. Uh, Were not, you listening to? Yeah. I was listening. I don't know the guy. Joe Tessitore? No. No, it was Levy. Levy. I'm sorry. Levy. Oh, oh that was from last night's game. Gronk, Gronk touchdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Secured uh, me a fantasy victory. I'm not really good. Yeah, there you go. I'm not really good with like announcers' names, really. Sorry. Uh, mine's Brent Martineau. I, I know that, man. Stuart Weber. I mean, like, I can get Tony Romo. I can get, you know, kind of the heavy hitters, but. To be honest with you, I'm not as good as I probably should be. I know most yeah. of the guys, but how about the great story? We didn't do Give Me One Thing yesterday. This probably would have been my Give Me One sure. Thing. I thought this was really cool. The whole Tessator thing. Did you see that? That was really cool. Joe Tessator was uh, yeah, calling the Boston College oh, yeah, Clemson game. His son and his son in. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, goes in and he draws Clemson offside. Dude, he was I mean, so professional. He was, he was so that. good. And then How could he be is, proud of that? Whoever is. Well, he was. I mean, yeah, you could but, tell. Like, he did enough of it without being over the top. Yeah. And But I thought the, the, the color guy made it, whoever yeah, that yeah. was. Because he said, he was like, well, I bet you didn't have to go... Spend a couple of days, Mason. you yeah. know, getting that info, yeah. right? You know, so it was, it was really a good, that was really cool. I mean, listen, I mean, I guess I probably was like, hey, that would be awesome, right? You know, the yeah. kids, if you get to go, if they could play college baseball or something, mm-hmm. or and you get to go do a game that, that they're in, that'd be pretty wild, right? And the meanwhile, equivalent. he's against Clemson. Like, his kid's probably not even going to play or do anything worth note, yeah. and they put him in a spot where he actually can draw him off sides and kind a of big a big play, play in the game. Yeah. I thought it was really, really cool. The equivalent is your tweets of softball and baseball videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. That's uh, all you for need. Now. Uh, for now. So, uh, but anyway, that was pretty wild. I thought that was uh, really well done by uh, Tessator and company. All right, well, you, you just heard last night. I, I don't think Tampa has hit stride yet. No. They got Antonio Brown coming in. I don't know if that's going to mess him up or help him. I also, Tom Brady still looks old to me at times. Like, the look part, like, he still makes some brilliant plays. But he also, like, he threw to Jadon Mickens, and I thought people on Mickens were hammering Mickens for dropping some balls yesterday. I also thought they were very high throws. Like, there was a couple throws in that first half where Brady just kind of looked sailed, yeah. right? I mean, now, Mickens is a small guy. on the sidelines, too, out of frustration. Yeah, and they don't know if you'd mad at somebody else or him. I think he's mad. At, he should have been mad at himself. But I just feel like he, at times he's looked 43, right? Uh, it's still it's weird. I, I think he almost doesn't look the same as well because he's in a Bucks uniform. Yeah, it's really still hard to get used to. Need the creamsicle. I think they will be very. <laughs> I think they will be one of the elite teams. I just don't know if I'm ready to call them that right now. I don't feel that. I'm telling you, I watched that game and I thought the Giants should have won. I thought the Giants should have won by double digits. Now that was just a one off. But I think they've been a back and forth on good and okay and struggled for halves and then turned it on for the second half. Uh, you know, I just don't feel like they're great. That being said, who is the best team in the NFL right now? The record says the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is yeah. that accurate? I think they're one of two of the best teams. But I'm not going to be riding on the fence. I'm going to give you my team, my favorite, and it's my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm still rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Because to me right now, and as crazy as this sounds, I feel like right now Patrick Mahomes, if you watch that Jets-Chiefs game, they're bored right now. Like, they're, they're not even, like, going against competitive teams. Like, they're bored, and it's almost to the point where it's like, all right, should we score here with Robinson? Should we score here with uh, Le'Veon Bell? Should we go with Kelsey? Like, I think it's to the point now where they're just, like, such overpowering teams where it's like, I don't know, man, let's give it to this guy now. Like, it's they're that good on offense. And obviously, this has been the year of offenses. It's been the year of defenses, um, you know, just hiding behind the woodwork, let's just say. So go ahead and give me the best offense right now in football. Go ahead and give me arguably the best quarterback right now in football next to Russell Wilson. Go ahead and give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Who else is in the conversation? Pittsburgh, Seahawks, Maybe. Kansas City. Seahawks are 6-1. and one. The Packers lost or you'd put them in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bucks and the Saints are... Uh, five and two. Heck, the Cardinals are playing pretty good football right now, although I don't really feel like they're there yet. Mm-hmm. Big check mark. Titans are out of it because they just got beat by the Bengals. Titans were in the mix for the last couple weeks, so now they're sliding a little bit. Ravens are out of it because they just got beat by the Steelers. You know, you know, what, team, game, you know what team I'm going to sneakily put in there? Giants? Your sleeper team? No, but mm-hmm. the other team that I took a gamble on. Playing good football right now. What team took a gamble on? You have to hit me with it. The Colts. Ah, Indianapolis has maybe the best defense in the game. Yeah, and they look like they're hitting some stride offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they've been pretty good, you know. And they've got who was the last guy they ran out there had like eighty five yards rushing? Jonathan Taylor didn't even lead him in rushing. No, it was um, it wasn't Naheem Hines either. No, Naheem Hines had two touchdowns. You see his end zone celebration? Yeah, that was that was sick. twice he did it. That was degree of difficulty off the what charts. What are we talking about here? That man? Was what good. is that? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, like I don't know who the yeah, I don't I I don't even know who the guy was. I can I'll look him up. Come on, fantasy gurus, pick him up. Hey, you I had Naeem Hines going in the most important. Fo- I had Naeem Hines going. I didn't have the other guy going. But um, like so much like did Jonathan Taylor get hurt? Did they just not use him? No, they used him. I was watching a lot of that game because like I said, I had, I had Hines going in a league. Um, they used Taylor in the beginning, but he wasn't hitting the hole. Like he wasn't looking good. Hmm. So, like, they kind of went away from him. Like, I don't know if there's, like, frustration right now in Indianapolis. Like, what the deal is? Uh, I got to find this guy. So, they're on their third and fourth running back, and they, they're they looking Jordan, pretty good. Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins, he, okay. He had 20 carries for 89 yards. Jonathan Taylor, 11 carries, 22 yards. Yeah. So, Eek. they've got this stable in the backfield. They've yes. got a different mix. You can go Taylor. You can go now this Wilkins guy who I don't know much about. You can go Naheem Hines out of the backfield mm-hmm. and can give you a little home run threat when you need it. Mm-hmm. I don't like uh what's his name? T. Y. Hilton is like average as the day is long now, but Rivers yeah. looks like he's playing better, getting more comfortable with Reich. Their offensive line is good. And as long as they don't make mistakes, their defense is so solid that they keep them in they're gonna keep them in every football game. Yeah. I, I I'm not gonna tell you that they're the best team, but watch out. They're starting to play mm. Up there with some of the best teams. There's not a lot of best team candidates. Yeah. The Saints have a good record, but we've seen them. They don't look the part. That was an ugly game against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody in the NFC East. Uh, the Titans have, have lost a couple in a row. Uh, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Packers just got beat at home by a one-win team. And the Seahawks have the worst defense in the league. How can you call them the best team if they have, like, the worst defense in the game? I just don't think you can. I just don't think you can. Like, I yeah. can't pull the trigger on well, that. But you can also say they have the MVP right now on their team. Well, that's fine. That's, but that, that means something. But you wouldn't. would you have said – 
I guess that's a fair question. Would you have said two years ago or even last year, at one point the season, Kansas City was the best team in the league? Uh, two years ago is a better example. Would they, would they have been the best team in the league, but they had like a defense that was giving up 30-something? They were just out – because that's yeah. who Seattle is. Seattle's Kansas City from two years ago right now. True, but the, to be fair, though, Patrick Holmes kind of came out of nowhere. Right, like remember that that was the year like like well, Patrick Mahomes is crazy. Like we didn't expect this to happen. So like to me it was a little more of a shock thing. Like we know what Russell Wilson is. And you want to say last year? I mean I think last year there was a time where the Ravens were considered one of the best teams in the NFL. And why was that? Because they had the MVP at quarterback. I think the same could be said right now. Even though like you said their defense probably the worst in the league, hands down. I still think when you have Russell Wilson, you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like you have such a, a dynamic offense. That you're going to be okay. I would, by the way, I'm going to answer this question. It's a long way around it because I'm trying to find, I don't want to go with the obvious, but the Steelers are the best team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just went and beat the Ravens at their place. Yeah. In a game where I don't even think you had to say, hey, this really means a lot. It's like, yeah, it's the seventh game of the year, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Everybody loses in the NFL. Um, now they've built a two-game lead in the toughest division, or one of the tougher divisions mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, and Roethlisberger's playing well. Yep. They've got no drama. Their defense is very good, yeah. and they know how to win games. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got this great mix right now. They they feel like they're clicking. I don't know if that will be the case. See, I think there are teams that we might put in. We asked this question three weeks ago. The Bills are in the conversation, right? Uh, we asked this question in three more weeks. Now that the Saints have Michael Thomas back, yeah, maybe they come into the conversation. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you know, maybe Tennessee bounces back and they're back in the conversation. But right now, I really think it's a three-team, com- four-team conversation. No, three-team conversation. Steelers, Chiefs, Seattle. Yeah, and I'll give that to you. I don't even know if you can go any. It's a real stretch. Like, I tried to stretch Indianapolis into not, there, yeah. but I'm not ready to do and that. I'm not going Tampa Bay either quite yet. So I agree with you. But think about Tampa Bay, though. Like, I mean, and they didn't really showcase it that much last night. But they have a pretty solid defense. They do. Now, don't don't get it twisted from last night. That wasn't Especially them. Especially run defense. Yeah. But I thought the Giants... No, offensive they line that, dominated. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that game was an outlier, but I still feel like Tampa Bay's got a pretty solid defense. You can't sleep you on You got either. any other, like, halfway through the season NFL awards and stuff you want to go over? Or what do you thought? Yeah, anything else? What do you got? Give me another one. We'll do more tomorrow. Okay. Uh, biggest, the, the, the most disappointing team of the year. Most disappointing team of this season uh, so far has been. And there's a couple been. of them. <laughs> I mean, you can go with the Vikings. You can go with the Giants if you want. You can go with the Texans. Falcons. You can go with the Texans. Chargers. Cowboys. But, you know, circumstance with the Cowboys. Chargers are up there. I think this one has to be, this is between t- three teams. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to put the Chargers in there because they had to go to the rookie QB. Okay. But this is a three-team no-brainer alert. Okay. And you can pick your poison. The Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Falcons. Okay. The Falcons should easily have three more wins. Sure. Easily. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings, I don't know what their their defense was so bad early on, there's no excuse for it. Yeah. And they've already acquired a big piece defensively and traded them away. Yeah. But this one, to me, is, has to be the Cowboys. And I understand Dak Prescott. But even That's before Dak Prescott got hurt, they were disappointing. They on got defense. lucky to beat Atlanta. Correct. Well, they were down big in those games early, man. Yeah. They, I mean, they but, came back and Dak did his job. Yeah. But still, they got Andy Dalton for a reason. They Andy Dalton couldn't move the football for him. True. They they have a mess going on. Mike McCarthy has added nothing to that team. Mm-hmm. There's no stabilization there in Dallas. I think it's hands down. It's the Dallas Cowboys see, to me. See, and I disagree. I'm going Minnesota Vikings. Now, keep in mind, I had them winning the NFC North, and Packers fans have felt the need to remind me of that every single day of my life. It seems like. But to me, like. 
I don't give an excuse to the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's first year, if you, if you bought his whole gimmick with the analytics and stuff like that, good for you. But let's be honest. Like, you are who you are. And I think with Mike Zimmer, well, you are who you are. You're supposed to be a defensive-minded coach that stops the run, that plays quality defense, and has offensive weapons. You pay Kirk Cousins all this money. And let's be honest right now. The Vikings' identity is not even close to that. Like, to me, the biggest disappointment is the Vikings' defense this year. How can you call yourself a defensive-minded guy? How can you call yourself of a defensive-minded coach if your defense is one of the worst in the league. You can't do it. So to me, it's the Vikings. You know what You know what I say about the Vikings? Because they've been – I understand the Vikings can kind of go out and hide a little bit. They're not the most prominent team in the NFL. But the storyline of Kirk Cousins has been a pretty prominent storyline over the last handful of years. Yeah. I have to ask the question, how is Kirk Cousins doing? Is he still playing? Like, I don't see him in any headlines. Mm -hmm. I don't see him in any highlights. I understand the defense has been disappointing. He's putting up somewhat okay numbers, but he's doing nothing to lift that team, or I would see him in these headlines and stories and everything else. Now, he's probably doing nothing to actually hurt the team, too. To the extent, like, the defense is hurting them. Yeah. But I just feel like, like, if you look at some of their fantasy numbers, I have Justin Jefferson, so I know he's throwing some, some decent yards. Mm -hmm. But my point is, this is supposed to be your franchise QB. This is a guy that's making a mint in terms of money, guaranteed. And I don't even know that he's in the league. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. <laughs> like, he's See, irrelevant to me. No, I, and I completely agree with you. But at the same time, though, like, wasn't it just, like, Two or three years ago, the Vikings defense was like the best in the NFL, yeah. or like a top five, yeah. and like they were consistently always good. What happened to him? What happened? To what him? happened to Xavier Rhodes? What happened to everybody? You know when they let him go? Yeah. What, what ever know, happened like, to Xavier again, Rhodes? Like, a Mike Zimmer, it happened on your watch, man. Like you guys were uh, a force to be reckoned with, and now tiddlywinks. Is, is Cousins having a good year? I mean. Because <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you can have a he's yeah. had good years, man. Yeah, yeah. Like Di Filippo, he had like a seventy percent completion rate. Let's go to the numbers. Had four thousand yards with Di Filippo. The numbers they never lie. Uh, oh, I'm gonna need a little bit to hang on. We'll get we, to we'll when we we'll come back. Yeah, you put this, me on the spot. This Google thing in Austin Lane, it's just okay. It's not a perfect marriage. Hey, you know what? Well, feel free to get on your computer. You have two of them in front of you, I'm, and you can find out. I'm how trying does to that, get us to break. How does that sound, though? I'm trying to get us to commercial. How does that sound? By the way, Kirk Cousins. 12 interceptions. I'm, I'm sorry. 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's got 10 picks? Yeah. That's Wait. not good. Is this from this year? This Google thing. I told you. Yeah. It's not a good marriage. Robert. I don't know, man. Check it out. You tell me what's going I, on. We'll yeah. do it after the break. 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 91.9 quarterback rate. I, I don't buy that. I have an election question that you're going to want to answer. When More we politics. Come back. Get it. No, no. Yeah, it's, it's an over-under. Okay. When we come back okay. on ESPN 690. All right. It's election day. How much time do we have left? Seven or eight minutes? Oh, wow. The show's flying by today. Yeah, I know it. What do you got, Brett? I got two things on election day, okay? Okay. We didn't really talk a lot of politics. I'm not doing that. No. We just actually were having a good conversation. One that you can have and not on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's for the. We should have like a, a little channel like where it's like all for like, the, like a subscription based. You know, like where hey, we'll see what we say during the breaks. I think it. Subscribe to this thing. I mean, what are we? Gonna ESPN six ninety premium. Yes, six ninety skin syndicate premium. Six ninety plus. Premium. I think we add the plus on there for the ESPN brand. Six ninety syndicate plus. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. What? Are, why are we doing this stuff? I don't know, man. Listen, I don't know. So bosses, we don't get fired on the normal show. The bosses are paying attention anyway. Nah, man. 
No. Especially not tonight. Just do it ourselves? Just go rogue? Just go. Do it. $6.90 plus premium. Yeah, 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 put premium in there. You know, it's like you premium, like premium? gas. It sounds fancy. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, are we fancy? Well, yeah. There's nothing fancy yeah, about but it. Yeah, but hey, we're, we're taking people's like 10 bucks for this premium pass. Like, we got to at least make it sound like it's, you know, well, classy. Get my t-shirt. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you get a t-shirt and you get the behind the stage or the behind the scenes kind of stuff. What do they call that in the podcast world? What's that stuff? What's that called? Like a subscription? No. What, what? No. What's the um merch swag? No. What are you, where are you, where nope. are you thinking here? Uh, Influencer. By the way, when people pe- get donations for the podcast, they're like a Patreon. 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 Thank you, thank yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was Patron. Yeah, I've been over that. <laughs> so I was, was going to say. By the way, if anybody subscribes, half the time it's Austin eating. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, good point. What am I have for for lunch today or dinner? That's Check true. it out, guys. Half the time it's me swearing, so it's somewhat entertaining. It's really entertaining. Good it's usually stuff. complaining about everybody. <laughs> well, out everybody. <laughs> but what we were really saying is, are the are the channels? See, I, I have this belief a little bit. I, I'm going to say this. I don't. I don't mind saying this because it's what I believe. Uh, get it. I feel like when the history books get written on this last like four years, mm-hmm. however things turn out today, that whether he should get it or not, I don't know. You, you people will have different views. But Trump got people to pay attention to politics. Yeah. Way more, at least in any other time in my lifetime. Yeah. That I can remember. And so, he, and one way or another, other people helped get people to the voting booth, but we're having record numbers. And what we were kind of saying is like the cable news channels have done record numbers. Yeah. Right? And so we're kind of wondering, well, if he does, if he loses, Will the numbers go down? Like, are people not going to watch the cable news outfits as much? Yeah, yeah. Or, do, well, or are now people hooked on politics? It'll be interesting to see. Definitely interesting to see. I think with the evolution of social media, you're always going to have politics out there. But to kind of echo your point a little bit, you know, I think Trump, whether you like him or not, like, he came around at a time when social media was a big thing. Like, it was almost like the perfect storm, right? Like, he was a very brash and outspoken individual. Um, and then you combine that with the power to kind of voice your opinion wherever you want to go. Like, that's a perfect storm. Like, I remember when, when Obama got elected, right? And I was out there at Murray State, and we were celebrating things like that. But, like, I didn't have the need to go on Twitter and, like, hey, Obama just got elected. Like, no, that wasn't really a thing. Yeah, now, yeah. it started to become a thing on Facebook a little bit. But now, I mean, you can't go on social media without seeing political stuff. So it, it does beg the question, like, where do we go from here? Well, regardless of what happens, where do we go from here? And it'll be interesting to see. All right, I got two things on this. Yeah. Presidential election tonight. Does the winner impact anything in sports? Not obviously tomorrow, but in January when if the office does change, uh, if if Trump stays like kind of what I'm thinking a little bit where I'm going here, uh, at least in my own mind. And maybe there's different avenue is from the pandemic point of view. Of course. Like if there are different views on the pandemic where sports are now open and then they're running and they're trying to create bubbles and do all these things. Well, I don't know if Biden does win. Does he shut everything down? Mm-hmm. And so therefore sports get shut down. Could that happen? We have no idea. My view on the whole thing is it's a little interesting because it all depends on a vaccine at the end True. of the day. True. But how you handle things could be different idea wise yeah. um, and Republican Democrat wise. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you think it impacts sports uh, if there's yeah. a change in office or not? You know, what? it definitely depends 
what the landscape looks like now when we're talking about January and February, but let's assume right now that we're still kind of in the same place. We're pretty stagnant. We haven't found a cure yet. Um, obviously, I think if Trump gets elected, we know what he's bringing to the table. Right? We've had Dana White on the show before. Like, well, We know, I think, where Trump stands, and it'll be sports in some kind of bubble, something like that. I think if Joe Biden gets elected, it could be a little different in the terms of when you hear him speak about COVID-19, he's, he's a little more reserved, right? He's, he's, he's a little more, hey, let's, uh, let's err on the side of cost more than the side of progress. So um, while I think bubbles could be put in place, things like that, I think you will see a little more caution if Biden is elected. Well, and therefore, if depending on how widespread that is at the time, depending on which end of the spectrum one would go, I mean, yeah. you could see uh, whether the NBA season, you mm-hmm. know, Super Bowl around that time, mm-hmm. uh, could, could March Madness in the NCAA, could we be get our sports impacted in a big-time way? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm no, just raising no. the question. Oh, oh, and listen, without getting way too political on this show, um, you know, I think if you go by, let's say Joe Biden gets elected, and you go by what he's been saying about, you know, the workplace and schools where he's not saying shut everything down. He's saying we got to find ways to make this work. I think he could probably apply the same thing um, to sports. Now, whether you want to compare schooling and workplaces to sports, well, I think sports are pretty important. And I guess it, it depends where Biden values the, the whole sports realm. But if he values it like he does with schools and workplaces, then I think you're going to see some kind of compromise where he figures out a way to have those sports go yeah, on. Because it even entered my mind, and this probably goes all the way back, you know, if you want to go different presidential elections, how views and all that stuff. And, and it entered my mind. I said this. We're not going to really discuss it. But food for thought for yourself. If Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, mm-hmm. would the Colin Kaepernick situation been as big as it ended up being? Would Colin Kaepernick even be in the league? Yeah. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I don't, because it, yeah. was, it became... Obviously, a conversation point between president and sport. Yeah, whether he'd be in the league or not, I mean, that depends on Hillary's stance about, you know, whether you should stand for the flag or not. But I think it wouldn't have been that big of a deal because, remember, this whole thing sparked when the president called out Colin Kaepernick and had a few choice words for him. And then in doing so, his teammates and his peers rallied around him. And then it was a big thing. But at the end of the day, let's let's. Let's get in the same boat of one thing here. Regardless of COVID-19 or not, whether it's going to be sports or not, either we have sports, I talk about them, or we don't have sports, then me and Josh Allen have our own anime show on ESPN 690. Uh, so it's a win-win either way. Over or under, we know the results by midnight. I'm going to be sleeping regardless. Uh, live, I, local, I, I, live I think coming we know. up next. I think we know. What do you think? I do, too. We'll okay. before midnight. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>